With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. What's up, partiers? What kind of night is it? What? Woo! What? Tell me what they're doing. What? Brother! What? Ooh, yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fuzz and Travis show. Let this be a sign.com, facebook.com backslash Fuzz and Travis. That's three Z's. It is great to be here with you tonight for the second night in a row. We're going to fulfill your Fuzz and Travis needs, all the fat heads out there in the fat head universe. Fuzz, how you doing tonight? I am doing just to... Sweet. Does that satisfy your uh, and Travis needs for the night? Hmm. I really hmm. like it. I like it. I love it. Thank I you. want some more of it. Whoa. It's too sweet. Easy now. Easy now. Well, we're you know we're, we're kind of talking about the nineties tonight, so uh, awesome. It's true. Little Timmy McGraw might help get us in the mode. Kicking off. Kicking off what's going to be an interesting ride here over the next couple of years, I guess. If yeah, we stick next with it. Years, um, especially the next few months, at least. Um, the Fuzzy Travis Show is broadening its horizon or simplifying down, however you like to look at it. <laughs> uh, Maybe a little column A, a little of column B. You know, that's how I like to go about it. Let's just. Hit all the bases, touch home, and go home. So, yeah. Uh, we're looking to expand the Fathead universe. You know, it kind of makes sense as as, uh, as Raw and SmackDown get ready to uh, kind of have a brand split. We mm-hmm. thought here at the Fuzz and Travis show, we might do the same. We might give you hopefully something that would help us uh, give you a little more uh, – Buzz and Travis on a regular basis uh, because, you know, we're, we're both entrepreneurs. We both have different things going on, and sometimes, as you can tell, we, we have time where we have a limited amount of time uh, to get things in, and so this gives us an opportunity. Fuzz, you want to tell them what we're going to be doing? Uh, yeah, we will be talking about one of our favorite things, and uh, that is – moment of uh, pure man passion. What? A moment of pure man passion. Really? Yeah. Which could also be defined as... We're going to be talking about the Monday Night Wars. Wrestling's uh, probably biggest era ever. Uh, We are going to start reviewing... Now, I know there's been other podcasts that have been reviewing this and... Frankly, they're not us. Buzz, for some reason, we've lost your audio. I don't know what's going on. Buzz, are you there? Buzz? Contacting Buzz. We cannot hear you. It's almost like somebody's trying to take over the podcast. Buzz, what happened? What Fuzz was going to tell you is that he's going to puke. I hope he's not puking, but what we're talking about is we're going to be talking about 20 years ago, uh, something that went down 20 years ago this week, uh, or actually the end of last week. That is the Monday Night Wars. 
uh, kicked off by uh, none other than Scott Hall uh, showing up at Monday Nitro on May 27, 1996. I'm back. And he's back. Yeah. Man, you are one pathetic loser. My bad. My bad. All right. It's quite Apparently, okay. Uh, um, the Wi-Fi wasn't uh, wanting to cooperate. Knocked me off. So now I'm on LTE. We should be good to go. I got Puppy Man here with me, hanging out, riding shotgun. Bondo. Bondo the Wonder Dog, as we like to call around here. Coming live uh-huh. from the Fuzz and Travis Studios Thunderground, which means we're in the same house tonight. Indeed. Thanks Indeed. to the United Indeed. States Postal Service. You know I was going to go home today, but apparently, apparently God didn't want that for me <laughs> or something. I don't know. But yeah, we're talking about the Monday Night Wars, and like we said, other podcasts have done it, are doing it, whatnot, but we're doing it 20 years, so the, 20 years to the week, so I guess we'll have to do another one this week, is that right? Uh, we can, uh, but you know, it's our podcast, we can do it however we want. Uh, technically, it was 20 years ago Friday, I believe, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Hall showed up in his denim, which we'll get to and talk about in just a moment. I think we're going to cover Raw first Indeed. tonight. But uh, basically, it's going to be a new podcast. I'm not sure what that's going to look like. I don't know if we'll say at blogtalkradio.com backslash the Buzz and Travis show, or we'll start a whole new one. In fact, we may let you decide for us. Uh, but we are looking yeah. for some names for the podcast, uh, and we may put some of that up there and let you guys vote on which one you like best. And, you know, in typical Fuzz and Travis show status, we might just overrule you, so whatever. Our names are still on the, the marquee for at least one more night. Uh, but nonetheless, now, we talking now about the crazy stuff. show podcast, though, will will continue in its normal. But this will be a separate and apart from Lord Supper podcast. So, Which there you go. If anybody wants to use that for their religious podcast, I think it's a great apart from Lord Simple Podcast. <laughs> uh, that would work. That would work. Mm. Um, mm. And for all of you All Star Wrestling people out there listening, this is not going to be a podcast about you. Although we did call it the Hostile Takeover tonight, and uh, you know we're not planning on taking over your show, although we have multiple times in the past. And whenever we feel necessary, we will. So, Just saying. Uh, although I guess technically we should have some of you guys on uh, the Monday Night War podcast because you're still doing some of the same gimmicks 20 years ago. Yeah, no kidding. Jabroni. Anyways, it's good to be here. Uh, and it is good to be here. You're going to get the first episode tonight, the Hostile Takeover 1996 edition. Uh, both these shows – as we start with Raw, occurred on May 27, 1996, as we've already mentioned. And uh, we're going to start with Raw. Uh, this is the night after In Your House, Beware of Dog. In fact, uh, there were some uh, lightning and uh, storms that came through and knocked out the power for the, uh, for the pay-per-view. And they ended up having to show the rest of the pay-per-view on Tuesday night, which will really throw you off if you watch it on the WWE Network. Uh, but nonetheless, um, In Your House, Beware of Dog featured a great uh, strap match uh, between uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, representing the Million Dollar Man, and uh, Savio Vega. Savio Vega. Which is one of the uh, farthest back, oldest memories of Stone Cold Steve Austin that I have. I remember the strap match. Really? Hmm. Yeah. 1996, let's see, that would put me, that's been 20 years ago. I was 15 years old when all this went down. Wow. Which means, uh, Fuzz, you were nine? Ten. Ten. Uh, which means we should have very varying uh, views on some of this stuff. Of course, we, we know a lot more than we did then. Uh, now, obviously, um, I wasn't watching. So that'll be interesting. I was not watching wrestling. Oh, 
Probably a good thing. I, I kind of came in late in the game. I, you know, really, my first full year of watching wrestling was 1998. So when we get to oh, that okay. stuff here in t- two years from now, that's going to be the stuff where I'm going to have a lot of memories. Yeah. So, guys, we are a good year and a half away from me really contributing a lot to this. No, that's not true. But it should be fun because a lot of this will be the first time I've ever seen it. Uh, I'm familiar with it. I've seen some of it. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting. I'm really Sweet. looking forward to this. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of the setup for us. I don't know when, when it quite started. I don't know that at this time I was watching it regularly, but I do remember watching that mm-hmm. pay-per-view and seeing that match. Uh, we would go to my Uncle Danny's, which you met at Memorial Day. You've met him before, but uh, he's one of the official members mm-hmm. of the Fuzz and Travis Show's uh, cornhole team. And Indeed. we'd go over there, and he would bring in a TV from his back bedroom, and then he also had a big screen. And we would watch simultaneously those awesome. shows. That is awesome. Uh, and he even, he even had a TV in the bathroom, so if he went to the – had to take a potty break, my dog immediately perks his head. You could go in there and watch it and not miss anything. So, so you guys were awesome like setup. you guys were like having nitro parties at your uncle house, your uncle's house every Monday. Pretty much, that was the rule. Which pretty much just, I mean, once again solidifies the idea to me that I should have known you guys back in the day. Oh yeah, it was a nitro party. Man. Yeah, and we watched the pay per views. Every pay per view we watched at Danny's house. That's awesome. He was he bought yeah. them all. Yeah. Wow. Either that or other ways, but nonetheless, you know, we don't know. Um, A moment of pure man passion. <laughs> uh, I, is that the recording, or is that actually Don? Because I think Don is on on the air. Daddy boy, you know who I am. You don't know where I am. Oh, I don't know what he says. <laughs> oh, man. Don, do you remember you what don't your know favorite why snack was? What was your favorite snack at uh, Danny's house for, for some Monday Night War parties? <clears throat> if I remember correctly, he would always – he always had like this kale – this not kale, sorry, creole seasoning or something, and he would yes. uh, <clears throat> make some popcorn. And then you put oh, yeah. the seasoning on it. And it's very spicy, but it was delicious. It was a great combo. Yeah. I need to find out what he used. Mm-hmm. So I can oh, I know it. what it is. I know what it is. I got you, brother. I got some right be. now because I do the same thing to my popcorn to this very day. It's called... Oh, I didn't know that. Tony Chachers, the original Creole seasoning. No MSG. I, I, is it like a white bottle or a white canister or something? It's red or it's green, red riding. Uh, white nutrition fact. Why is the beef? White. The red top. I can't, have, actually, I can't believe I actually remembered what that was called. Yeah, so we had that, and then I always had like a V8 or a Dr. Pepper. So I'm weird. V8. The way it was. Yeah. Love that. It's awesome you still do that. I love that. Carrying on the traditions. Did Danny know you still do that? I think he'd be impressed or be flattered in some way. Yeah, I actually put it on my fries. Like I, I can I can make fries. It's literally the only thing that I can make in the oven. And I put it on fries here at the house. Underground. V so. you know I've never had like an actual V eight. <laughs> wow. Classic. You gotta never get some sodium in it. No, I've never had a V eight. It just uh never appealed to me. It just looked like it would taste disgusting. Huh. Well probably why I liked it. Because I'm a real man. I mean, but you guys you guys know me. I, I'm not one who's big on vegetables. Although I did try uh asparagus tonight for the first time and okay. I am a fan. 
And uh, we'll cat- be introducing my list of favorite uh, of, uh, favorite vegetables. This is this is really? some rousing podcast talk, by the way. Let me tell it? you. Yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> Shut up! This segment was so weird. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's get to it. I, I do have some. We'll be introducing different segments and things, obviously, on the new uh, podcast. Uh, one of those things we've talked about doing is maybe doing such, such WWE in 1996 is getting geared up for King of the Ring, which obviously mm-hmm. is going to have some uh, some amazing things happen uh, that, that will bring out some Monday Night Wars. Pivotal King of the Ring that we're leading up to. Uh, we're thinking about maybe doing a King of the Ring of our own, uh, letting Don Mateo pick a few wrestlers, Fuzz pick a few wrestlers, us pick me pick a few wrestlers, maybe even some of the fatheads out there pick a few wrestlers, and each week uh, we do a round um, on the show, on the new podcast, but uh, we'll see. Different things going on. Uh, would we like to start, Fuzz? You want me to introduce the matches, talk about who won, how they won, and then you can uh, give your – or how would you yeah, want to do that? we can do that. We can do that. That works. All right. You know, I got some light notes here. I know you got some notes yourself, and uh, – Don, chime in whenever you feel necessary. All right. Well, as I was saying earlier, uh, May 27th, this is a Monday night, obviously, Monday Night Wars, following In Your House, Beware of Dog. And let me just say, where did they get these names for In Your House? <laughs> Heck if I know. Heck I mean, I know, like, I know. the previous one, the previous one was In Your House, Good Friends, Better Enemies, which we only heard 50,000 times, and that was a play on uh, Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash. Um, mm-hmm. Which, I don't know, that, did we figure out, Fuzz, whether or not the uh, the uh, curtain call has occurred yet? It had to have, right? It, yeah, it, it was uh, May 19th was the, uh, the yeah, curtain that's call, what I, thought. I think. You've got this Nash losing uh, to Michaels. Uh, Scott Hall loses his uh, Intercontinental title Vader. to Vader. Didn't he lose to Vader? No, he didn't lose the Intercontinental title to Vader. Goldust won the belt. Won know. the belt in Vader. You know, okay. I anyway, don't know. It don't matter. Either way, the curtain, the curtain call has occurred. Uh, the click, that would be Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, uh, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H. Uh, most of you probably know Madison Square Garden, Scott Hall, Kevin Hall made out on the ring. way out. And they made out in the ring, and they break pretty much all the rules of wrestling and uh, bow out. And the next time we see Kevin and Scott Hall, next time we see Scott Hall will be uh, when we start talking about Nitro. Uh, but what you got here on Raw, first match is Goldust with Terry Runnels versus an equally interesting character, in the ultimate warrior, the ultimate warrior, and uh, I'm gonna have the first round match every time we mention the ultimate warrior because uh, we've been doing it every time he comes out. We do the the line from uh, SNL. He's been down in the basement drinking coffee for about the last eight hours. Is that how <laughs> the ultimate warrior hits the ring, man? Like he's been sitting back there. Drowning himself in coffee with espresso shots and all that good stuff, and he hits the ring like a hurricane. And this is, no pun intended, no foreshadowing either. This is the first round matchup of the King of the Ring. So, yeah. Old Dust is the I can just imagine old white stripe belt. Go ahead, Don. I can just imagine the uh, production guy being back there saying, you know. Hey, Warrior, you got to be more intense this time. I mean, more and more. He feels the pressure to be more and more intense. And boy, was he. He hits the ring. <laughs> Ultimate Warrior wins because Goldust just leaves. He just gets up and leaves, takes the belt. So Ultimate Warrior wins by a count out. So... I just don't know. They're so weird, you know. 
Gold Dust, I've never been able to understand. Ultimate Warrior, I've never understood a promo he ever did. But boy, when I was a kid, he he fired me up. <laughs> Here's something no, weird that we both noticed during this match is uh, McMahon is hyping up the King of the Ring tournament, which he says is going to be on the WWF Network. Yeah. Huh. Still can't figure out what that was. Yeah. I don't understand. I've Googled it, nothing. Nothing comes up. Yeah. I think he I think it was just a keyword. I you know, it had to have been that he just didn't use the word universe. Like he hadn't come up with that WWE universe yet. No, he said it's going to be on the WWF network. Oh, I know. I know what he said. I heard him, but I was just saying that must have been like sort of what he meant was the WWF universe, but who who knows? Yeah, who knows? If you know. Is the fan is the fan base. You see what I'm if saying? If you know. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Uh, anybody if you else know, like the fat line. It's a hint at, at an ego that, like, I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't recall anything else referring to itself as the universe. But it's like, was the WWE universe? What are you talking about? <laughs> you mean the business or the industry? He, he likes those buzzwords, man. I don't know. The WWF oh. universe. Oh, man. Well, let me tell you, if you choose to watch these Raws, you better just get ready for buzzwords because good oh, yeah. grief. He gets on something the same thing and it <laughs> it's the same thing today, though. The, the longest-running longest weekly episodic television show in history, which, A, it's not, uh, and, B, just shut up. So he took uh, what excuse from the Barack Obama campaign, huh? Yes. And, <laughs> oh, change. and then throw in the fact that he loves – he loves saying Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Like, he can't even – he gets beside himself. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Mm-hmm. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Hunter Hearst. I mean, the show is I mean, the not... show is added fifteen minutes because he says Hunter Hearst Helmsley every time. I can barely say yeah. it. I joke when I say Triple H. So to be fair, he wasn't Triple H yet, but he could have just said Helmsley. But he, you know, we even talked about he yeah. would do that with uh, Duke the Dumpster Drosy. He would either call him Duke the Dumpster Drosy, the full name, or sometimes he would refer to him as the Trash Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling lackadaisical. I'm gonna call him the Trash Man. I'm feeling, I'm feeling furtive. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. So you got Goldust and Ultimate Warrior. Now I want you to remember how Raw starts. Because we're going to, here in a minute when we get to Nitro, I want you to just compare how Nitro starts to how Raw starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go from so we that into a pr- double ahead. count out. Yeah, double count out. And then uh, Waller hit Warrior with the chair. And then <laughs> Waller uh, runs away. And Warrior stands in the middle of the ring, busting up this chair. Is there any way, any other way to react after you hit the Ultimate Warrior with a chair other than running away? <laughs> he probably well, no, up but to a chair being smashed across his face. I just, I don't know why he got involved. Like, why, why? I don't know. This is <laughs> uh, weird. Yeah, I'm not even. I, I barely, I barely just got through uh, Undertaker and Goldust having a feud. I'm short. Yeah, which you, which you seem to enjoy that that uh, that. Oh, I, I thought you could get some mileage out of that. Yeah, two really unique characters who are very different. Absolutely. I mean, why not? Yeah. Well, one match and then they're done. He's on the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, quite frankly, or, or say, the the idea that Undertaker probably shouldn't like he was a one. Throwaway idea, but it lasted for so long. It's like gold dust was much the same, you know. All right. So then we uh, went to commercial after that, and we come back with Steve Austin talking to Ted DiBiase backstage. And basically, 
you know, Stone Cold standing there. He's not saying much. He's kind of staring at the Million Dollar Man. Uh, and then the Million Dollar Man, basically, I don't even remember what he says, something along the lines of, if, if Steve Austin loses, I will leave the WWE or WWF. Man, I've been trained so well. Savio Vega. Dibiase blamed Savio Vega for the power outage from last night. He said that that's why he won. Because who knows how many how many corners he even touched in that strap match. He said, listen, the rematch tomorrow night, because if Stone Cold wins, you're going to be my chauffeur. It's not going to throw something in there. If Stone Cold loses, then I'll leave the WWF forever. So we got got a little stipulation going on at In Your House, so it's going to be interesting to see that go down. Um, let's see. So the next we had the rousing tag team match of the Smoking Guns, who came out with Sonny, our new manager, Sonny. They got the tag straps. Yep. Tag time. Yeah, uh, Body Donna's. Body Donna's get the rematch for the belts. Which, I'm kind of shocked because the Body Donna's, like, I have no recollection of the Body Donna's. Mm-hmm. But they're decent. They're not terrible. Oh, they're really good. They were really good. Yeah. The gimmick was horrible, but they were really good. And Sonny's trading out tag teams. Like, she's been with. She was originally with the Body Donnas, and she helped uh, the Braves' long-lost uh, ancestors, long-lost ancestors, or generation the, uh, relations. Godwins. I don't know what word I'm using. The Godwins. And the Godwins lose to the uh, Smoking Guns, and now she's with them. And she comes out wearing a hat and dressed <laughs> as though she's a member of Leonard Skinner. So, Yes. Tuesday's gone, sucker. Um, so I don't know what's going on with Sonny other than, you know, she comes out to be eye candy and she keeps swapping teams. So Careful with your, uh, your wording a, there. Also, we get uh, Harvey Whippleman. <laughs> Shows up take, taking notes. Harvey Whippleman. The trash man. No, Harvey Whippleman. Downtown Bruno for, uh, for some of you guys. Hillbilly Jim joins Vince on commentary because the king hasn't come back yet. Uh, Bonnie Donuts gets the rematch, and uh, long story short, Billy Gunn gets the pin. Smoking Guns re- retain. Not much to say about this match other than, man, geez, I almost forget how tall Billy Gunn is. He's enormous. He is a ginormous man. I gotta figure out how how tall he is. He's gotta be well, like apparently five, a big. Right? Apparently has a big behind as well. All right, so Google says that he's six foot four. What's awesome is a lot of these characters we won't even be able to say their name later on when we get later in the podcast. True. True. As we slowly move out of the PG or the G era into the R rated into the PG. But anyways, shot rolls. Uh after that we get the Sega Saturn. Don, you will enjoy this. The Sega Saturn Slam of the Week. Slam of the Week. Uh, which it, which is the botched ending to the Heartbreak Kid and Bulldog. Uh, British Bulldog heavyweight championship match in which as interesting is this Vince McMahon says is the most controversial WWF title match ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, just wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How oh, funny. Uh, just wait. It, interestingly enough that it, it involves uh, HBK, you know, but uh, HBK did a German suplex and both shoulders are down on the mat. Two refs were there. They uh, they both count the uh, the pinfall. Who's the who's the world champ? We don't know. 
it makes me miss the days when a German suplex pin could actually finish a match. Indeed. Yeah. But it probably, you know, I don't know, maybe Vince Salt said that and was like, you know what, this can't be the most controversial finish to the championship match. Let's see if I can help that one. Yeah. So, it won't Montreal, be long. Here I go. No. It won't be Main long. event time. <laughs> it's time. Uh, it's later. By the way, you know, it's I guess, I suppose it speaks to how bad WWF was bad that how bad it was then that they messed up Vader. I mean WCW, like it's like when WCW took Red Heart, but they WWF got Vader. Vader was hot in WCW. I mean, look at the guy. Destroyer of worlds, you know, if there ever was a guy like that. And then just you know, he's gotta lay down the Shawn Michaels. Funny you should mention Bret Hart. Bret Hart's uh, not on the show, and he's somewhere in Germany sulking over what he calls a controversial end to the WrestleMania Ironman match with heartbreak for really? John Michaels. Anyways, the main event is Vader versus Ahmed Johnson with Owen Hart. I mean, let me tell you, at this point, Raw really loves special commentators. Owen Hart comes down and gives special commentary to the main event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cornette comes and gets indeed so involved. Uh, Cornette gets involved. He gets Ahmed Johnson with a with his uh, you know obviously his racket and uh, Owens gets involved, of course. Uh, and Jack's Ahmed in the head with his cast. Oddly enough, Ahmed's carted to the back, and Goldust attempts to give him mouth-to-mouth. Ahmed goes crazy, as I would as well, attacks Buddy Holly. I'm not sure why he attacks Buddy Holly, but he does. And then he Bob runs Holly. straight through a door. Oh, sorry, Bob Holly. Runs straight through a door. And then attack Knocking the over the guy who said, you can't go in the Goldust locker room. And uh, just spears him right to the door, sees that Goldust isn't in there, and so he uh, punches the cameraman and just walks off slowly. That was the end of Raw. Raw. So some stories that you guys need to be uh, thinking about to the next podcast. Who's the world champion? I don't know. Where the where the heck is Gold Dust? He disappeared. And uh thanks going on with Sonny. What a hoochie mama. <laughs> hoochie mama. So yeah, Raw. I mean, what do you think's the best match there on Raw, Buzz? I mean out of all those matches. Uh probably I mean uh you know, um I like Vader. Uh, body down is smoking guns. Is all right though. I like probably that match. It was all right though. Nothing really spectacular. I think I'll Nothing go. Stood I think out. I'll go with the tag title as well. Tag title. Yeah. Uh, of course. Then we move to Monday Nitro. Uh, this yes. is their first two-hour episode. It's May twenty-seventh. Yet again, same date. Two-hour episode where they start off with Tony Schiavone and. Zabisco, Larry Zabisco uh, at commentating. And I'm just going to go ahead and put this out there, okay? This may mm-hmm. get me killed. This may be the first hot take. But I'm just going to go and tell you, I like Tony Schiavone better than anybody on Raw currently in, at mm-hmm. this time and way better than Eric Bischoff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind Eric Bischoff. I know that's a hot take in I mean, I, itself, but I, I, didn't, I don't mind him. I don't think he's terrible, but I just like Tony Schiavone. I, I've never really saw the, you know, and I, obviously things change. I mean, right now I would say Nitro's on top of Raw, and obviously that changes. Yeah. So, you know, just as right now, a quick shot, snapshot, May 27, 1996, Tony Schiavone uh, is is better leadoff guy. Uh, Charles, I think you mean Tony Schiavone. Everybody knows this. <laughs> 
Everybody knows this. Yeah, Tony Schiavone. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. You know, obviously we're about to review the show, but I, this is the first two hour money, and uh, I've watched a lot of good night shows leading up until this show, and I thought this one was kind of a letdown. Really? You know, like there was some good wrestling on it. There was some good wrestling on it, but there was. I mean, I guess it was about two, three weeks ago, and we had. Just uh, man, one good match after another. There was uh, Iron Ice versus the Steiner brothers. There was uh, I, I know this sounds so weird saying all this. There was uh, Jim Duggan versus Ming. Uh, I think that was the show that had the paper or that had the um, the main event of Sting and Luger versus Giant and Flair. That was awesome. There was just a lot of like really good stuff before, and like this, you know, like we'll kind of get to like there's some weird spots in this, but. Nitro. Um, he spent a lot of time in this in this uh, show talking about the newly formed Cruiser with the uh, champion Malenko, which I'm really excited about. Uh, June 16th, I believe, will be the Great American Bash, and it'll be Dean Malenko versus Rey Mysterio for the Cruiserweight titles. Really looking forward to that. Yeah, I think I think they were so geared towards what was going to happen with Scott Hall. And they were trying their best not to look that way. And, and to some degree, they pulled that off. But you could tell it was mm. it was really geared towards that, like that was going to be the main thing. And I'm sure in 1996, it certainly was. But, you know, kind of what we're doing, uh, you know, it kind of, it's kind of a put-off. You can kind of figure out they're kind of focused on that. But uh, right. absolutely, I, the, I think even the Nitro before uh, was better as far as matches were concerned. Um, but they intro to the show, and the first thing we get is an intro, a discussion, an interview, a promo with the giant, Paul White. Uh, and he's talking about the the match he has with the shark coming up. Um, Perhaps I've missed something, because I don't remember that at all. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm jumping ahead of but anyways, uh, we picked up with Larry Zabisco and Tony Schiavone announcing hour number one and kind of reviewing things before the American males come out. Yeah. Marcus Alexander and Scotty Riggs, former tag champs, to take on the Nature Boy Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. And uh, two of these guys were really awesome. Two of them were okay. And you could see who was leading the match the entire time, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, the Nate comes out, and he's, like, already um, in his craziness. Like, you know, through Nitro, through the next few years, he just gets crazier and crazier. Uh, but you could tell he was already, like, frothing. I don't know what he did Indeed. to get fired up for a match, but, man, does he come out the gate. I think 96 Rolling. and 97 Flair was probably the best Flair ever. Of course, Arn comes out, and he's wringing his wrist like crazy, which makes me mm-hmm. just get ready to be enforced. So, uh, Of course, he's got woman, and at this time, Miss Elizabeth on his arm, which is a yes. running storyline of uh, the macho man Randy Savage. Flair and Savage in a heated feud. And now, with that being said, Macho Man is, uh, I guess, on a hiatus. He's been so crazy, and we'll get to that. They're going to show a video package later on, but uh, he's not even allowed in the building. Uh, So at the next pay-per-view, there's supposed to be a big tag team match between Flair and Anderson versus Mongo and uh, Kevin Green because Flair's been making eyes at Deborah McMichael for the last few weeks, and Mongo's had enough. Hey, so, uh, Steve Austin. Anyway, indeed. So be be mindful of that. Larry kept calling Kevin Green a loser, and even said Carolina has a football team now. Which uh, yeah. yes, uh, they do. They in fact, do. Uh, I've always begged the question. This, watching this match, I don't know if I've always begged the question, but I'm going to beg it now. Did Ric Flair ever wear his knee pads correctly? Never. Or have I just been wearing them wrong? I don't know. Uh, a few Hopefully things to point weird, out. 
Ric Flair had a VIP section near the ring with like yeah. food and champagne. And the girls even brought champagne to the announcers, which uh, yeah, Tony like Schiavone. Commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Schiavone said this is the first time this has ever happened in our sport, which that is uh, number one, the first reference now to our sport. Yes. That Tony Schiavone makes. Now, the males got some offense in here. And uh, Tony said we may have a major upset on our hands. Thankfully, cooler heads prevailed. Yeah. Uh, Arn wore these guys out, which he is great at. He, every time he was in the ring, he would just dip his men. It was awesome. Uh, so injuries, man. Match. Oh, yeah. Flair got into a shoving match with Randy Anderson, which was also awesome. I just missed Bagwell selling got injuries. a hot tag and, and ran wild on Flair. Anderson hits the DDT behind the rest back, and Flair drapes his arm over for the victory. By the way, a running count of flare chops, there was only one. One in this match. That's shocking. One flare yeah. chop. We're going to try to keep a running tab of flare chops on this podcast. Um, so next, uh, Gene Okron comes in the ring for the first time of uh, – Oh, man. Uh, he wasn't in the ring. He was by the VIP section for the first time. Yes. I didn't realize how many times he was on the show, which I have no problem with because Gene Okron is awesome. But uh, Oakland came out to interview Flair and Anderson. Uh, two different, very different types of promos. Anderson comes out. He's very, you know, very cold and very calculating and telling, telling Mongo and Green, you know, what's what. Telling them what's what. You know, they need to expect a fight with the champ, you know, and does what he wants when he wants. Flair, it's Flair's turn. And, of course, he starts singing Afternoon Delight. Because why not? Oh, my gosh. Man. Phenomenal. Uh, Phenomenal. Kissing on Miss Elizabeth and and uh, saying that Deborah's been making eyes at him. and uh, Spending Macho Man's money. Yeah. Liz says that, uh, you know, whatever the champ wants, the champ gets. Flair says, people have been calling me their sugar daddy, but with the Macho Man's money that we're spending... Looks like Liz is my sugar mama. So, uh, yeah. Maybe I am there you go. insane. Maybe I am insane. And maybe it's time for you to find out how insane I am. Yeah. Right now, yeah. So at this time, I believe a uh, woman was with Benoit. She was married to Chris Benoit. And... They had heat with uh, the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, because the woman had formerly been with him. So now Flair got her in his entourage. He's he's apparently having an afternoon delight with uh, Savage's wife. He's having an afternoon delight with Mongo's wife. So hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your husbands. Just let you know people up. Immediately following this uh, this interview, we have the uh, workout montage of Mongo McMichael and Kevin Green, which would make Rocky Three cry tears of yeah. depression. Um, yeah. Wow. Weird video. I don't know that you could get. I don't know that you could get more '90s than that. Uh, and then at the end, they're like, "What you gonna do?" Like short shorts. You know, uh, kind of Gary and Ace type of stuff. They're both pushing each other to lift more weights. Like, all righty. If this is supposed to be getting me hyped up for these guys, it did the exact opposite. And then, like Except I said, they, we came have up, the, they came across with what you're going to do. I don't know if that was foreshadowing yeah, for I, the third member of the New World Order or what. But uh, they, Yeah, what they, they did Hogan. And Hogan hasn't been around for like two months. Thank goodness, which Nitro's been awesome in that uh, that yeah. time frame. But yeah. anyway. And no one's shocked. So next up we had Steve Dahl, who uh, I don't know that if he ever wrestled on WCW again, uh, versus the Mauler. 
a.k.a. one of the Beverly Brothers, a.k.a. Mike Enos was his real name, coming out with uh, Colonel Parker. And I guess the story of this match was they did a whole bunch of fun. They were super boring. And then, thank the Lord. Yeah, thank the Lord. (laughs) You people, you know who I am. But you don't know why I'm here. Are we going to get security here? Where is Billionaire Ted? Where is the Nacho Man? That punk can't even get in the building. Me, I go wherever I want. Whenever I want. And where, oh, where is Scheme Gene? Because I got a scoop for you. When that Ken doll lookalike, when that weatherman wannabe comes out here later tonight, I got a challenge for him, for Billionaire Ted, for the Nacho Man, and for anybody else in uh, WCW. (laughs) Hey, you want to go to war? You want a war? You're going to get one. Well, how about that? And there we go. We are off to the races, everybody. We're off. And, and to I the love races. what Tony Schiavone said said immediately after this. What about the match? <laughs> Tony yeah. needed a finish between Steve Dahl and the and the Mauler. He needed a winner. He didn't need. He didn't want to worry about Razor Ramon coming in. He didn't worry about Vince sending his boys down to to WCW. He's like. But what about the Mauler, Steve Dahl? <laughs> oh man, that Ken doll lookalike. I mean, Bischoff assumes correctly that he's talking about him when he says Ken doll, but he could have been talking about Zabisco, you know? Yeah, don't tell, don't tell Larry Z short. You know, the living legend. Come on now, he's a good-looking guy. All right, so we come back from commercial. We got Craig Pittman with Teddy Long versus my man, DDP. This match was uh, just fun. It wasn't anything special, but DDP was just really good at selling his arm. Pittman kept trying to oh, get that code red arm breaker on. DDP is so underrated, man. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm, I'm ashamed of my 15-year-old self that wasn't into DDP more. Like, holy smokes. Mm-hmm. 35-year-old me loves DDP. I'll tell you what, I, I was always into DDP. He literally gives himself a high five. You know what I thought about this match? What I thought was great about this match now, uh, what I did think was funny was Larry's a bit calling DDP the new American dream because <laughs> he won Battle oh. Bowl at Slamboree and he, he was broke and then he brought himself back up. Um, by the way, this DDP was good. But he's like a year away from like being like upper mid card DDP who was just awesome, who was wrestling savage yeah. and all that. But uh, he was still really great. One of the favorite spots that I've seen him do now twice is he'll he'll fall under the under the floor to find a bunch of like cable from the uh, the camera and he'll get tangled up in him and it's just awesome. Just little stuff like that that's awesome. Yeah, you got to find. Things like that, yeah, exactly, that nobody really thinks about. But what a showman. What a showman. What a showman. So, uh, Teddy Long gets distracted, gets bumped off the uh, the apron. So, Craig Pittman, who had been looking for a, a manager for a while, he was concerned. He thought, are you okay? 
Led uh, DDP to say, hey, I'm going to give you the bang. Hits him with the diamond cutter. Pins him one, two, three. Gets up to sell him the arm. DDP goes to give himself the uh, sell high five, but screams in pain when he hits his arm, which was uh, this is great. This guy's so awesome. Yeah. 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 And credit DDP. It's, a, it's an amazing move, the, the diamond cutter that can come out of nowhere. Like, yeah. awesome. Because that's going to be a big push in the next few years. You know, everybody loves the moves that just come out of nowhere. Just you can hit it from anywhere in the ring. Uh, you know, it's too bad DDP didn't uh, wasn't really big during the GIF era. He might have been in the RKO GIF. So we're about Anyways. two years away. I don't know, but a year away from. Uh, Savage DDP, which is a great feud. We're also about two years away from Raven DDP, which was really good as well. And it actually ends up in like a three. I think there was a three-way dance at Uncensored '98, which is going to be amazing. Which anybody who wants to skip ahead and watch it, go for it. It was Raven versus DDP, uh, Chris Benoit in a Ravens Rules Triangle match. It was awesome. And since you mentioned Macho Man Randy Savage, right after this match, we'll get a crazy Macho Man montage. They had to show us how nuts he was. That's why he wasn't even on the show for the last couple of weeks. They, they got to keep him out of the building for his own safety. Because he's been going crazy, dropping out. Up. Yeah. Macho Man's awesome. Trying to get in the building. Crazy. Gene's um, back. What now? Gene's back. Gene Okerlund, he's back. He's interviewing the Shark. Oh, yeah. Yep. Shark is mad because Jimmy Hart cost the match and Taskmaster, 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 it's hard to say, kicked him out of the Dungeon of Doom. So what happens when you get kicked out of the Dungeon of Doom? You want the giant. Yeah. I may be mistaken on this, but I think I remember in that interview, he accidentally, instead of calling him Kevin Sullivan, he called him Ed Sullivan. And I just remember thinking that's pretty funny. The shark (laughs) threatening Ed Sullivan. Maybe I am. I'm an old man. I forget things. But for some reason, I put, why is the shark threatening Ed Sullivan? But anyways... Anyway, moving on, we get another video package, this one for Hulk Hogan, who's been gone for a little while, and uh, we're told that he's been hobnobbing with celebs. Uh, So apparently, he has been hanging out with George Foreman, Shaquille O'Neal, Dennis Rodman. Black. Black. Oh, yeah. I I noticed the same thing. I was like, wait a second. Uh, Kevin Green. Okay. And Sugar Ray Leonard. Black. (laughs) Yep. And basically what this uh, this video package was telling us was that Hulk Hogan was the best. He does charity work and hangs out with a bunch of celebrities. Okay. Whatever. There you go. There you go. Hour two of Monday Nitro. And now we got Bischoff and Heenan. Thank you. The brain Heenan showing up, taking over. Brain was the best. Brain was the best. So awesome. So awesome. So Bischoff says he's not going to dignify their interruption earlier, uh, other than the fact that he's talking about it right now. So I guess he's whatever. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's where my notes end. So you're going to have to take over, Hoss. All right, so uh, next up we have the Shark versus the Giant, which I'm assuming this this is the second hour is when Raw's first hour was starting. So to keep you glued to Nitro, not flip over to Raw, they said, how do we have the Giant face the Shark? Hey, hey guys, I've got a really, really fun quote. Are you ready? Ready. Not only did the giant 
jumped the shark, but he choke slammed the shark. All right, so the uh, shark is billed from tsunami. <laughs> you hear that, Don? Paging Don Mateo, paging Don Mateo. All right, go ahead. So, uh, the shark is from Tsunami. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a whole bunch of uh, what you'd expect in this match. Kind of slow, kind of boring. Um, a couple of really big dudes who don't wrestle very well. Uh, Giant picked up Shark, though, like he was nothing, and body slammed him. That was kind of amazing. Uh, Jimmy Hart takes his life into his own hands and distracts the uh, the shark. Giant choke slams him and uh, pins him. And there you have it. Before we move on from the giant, I just want to go over that hilarious thing that happened between him and Ric Flair with the coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man, that was a couple weeks ago. Ric yeah. Flair. Oh man, Ric Flair hits the giant with coffee that was meant for their opponent. And so sorry. He he immediately runs back and gets a towel and brings it up and starts. Never seen Rick Flair sprint. I've never seen Rick Flair sprint like that before. Never running. But the best part is, is he then gets a safe distance away, puts on the headset at the announce table, and basically tells the giant that he better apologize to him. But the giant better well, you missed the part because Flair comes in the ring and he's trying to apologize. He's on his knees. He's saying, "Please, please don't hurt me." And the giant puts his hand on his shoulder. Flair, in a moment of pure man passion, strikes the giant's arm off of him. Realizes what he's done. Drops again to his knees. Begs for forgiveness. And the giant's not having any of it. So Ric Flair puts the headset on. Tries to apologize, setting up a match for the next week. But anyway, we, we, we're running short on time, so we need to get back to this Nitro. Uh, so after, after the giant pins the shark, Big Bubba, of all people, comes down to the ring and decides, hey, I'm going to cut off half your hair. So not only has the shark had to change his name uh, to the shark, and uh, he, had, he went to LSU. This is a story you may not know, Travis. So the shark went to LSU. So he had a big tiger tattoo on his arm. Well, then he gets the gimmick of the shark. So he decided, well, I can't have be the shark and have a tiger tattoo. So he got that covered up with a shark. And then a few weeks later, he's no longer the shark. Anyway. Look, this is really dumb. Yeah. So there you go. So then uh, next we have Lex Luger versus Max for the TV title. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Yeah, Bischoff mentions that the uh, loaded forearm that Luger is using was used to beat Yokozuna, which I don't really don't know why he keeps mentioning other people's companies, but whatever. Uh, Luger beats Max with the Human Torture Rack. Luger apparently was being a big man in the company. He had the TV title. He was team champions. Hey, he was even getting. DDP won the uh, the Battle Bowl was supposed to get a world title match, and uh, they were telling us here that, well, uh, Oakland came out to interview Luger and said that Luger's going to be fighting the Giant at Great American Bash for the title. DDP was supposed to get the title shot, but was denied by the, the board of directors, and I'm not sure why. I wonder if we're missing out on that because of uh, what, but... It's anyway, the old... Uh, it's the, old getting... uh, the trick is... The trick is, is he, he went out of the ring. He went over mm-hmm. the top rope, and his foot touched, but nobody saw it. Oh. Is that why they took away so he his... Still, uh... He still won the battle bowl, but they took away his title shot. I'm pretty sure that's the okay, reason why. I missed why, that. I, remember. I missed that. Okay. Yeah. So, they show clips of Luger getting thrown to the table by the Giant from a few weeks back, and... Uh, so Luger tells Giant paybacks are a quote you know what. Gotcha. What is going <laughs> so, on? 
Giant and Luger set for Great American Bash for the title. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, next match, we have Hard Work Bobby Walker versus Brad Armstrong. What are we doing? Like, they're sitting here trying to convince you, don't watch Raw tonight. Watch two hours of Nitro. We got two hours. And they're like, you know what we need to do? Put out Bobby Walker and Scott Armstrong. A couple of cruiserweights is what they call them. It's like, no, these are not the guys who will be representing the cruiserweight division in the next couple of years. So, Bishop mentioned Scott Hall again, which I don't know why if he said we're not going to dignify it. Uh, hard work apparently studies film like preparing for a thesis is what Bischoff tells me. Uh, Seems Bobby a Walker little has, over the top. Bobby Walker has hard work written down the side of his tights, and nobody stopped to tell him that hard work is two words. Mm. So, anyway. Mm. Uh, Walker, well, I mean, it wasn't a bad match, but it wasn't it's all, I mean, just there. You know, Bobby Walker was on the top rope a couple of times. Uh, then finally jumps up there, slips, stands back up, hits the uh, the blockbuster, which ends up being Buff Bagwell's finisher, and pins Armstrong. So there you have it. Mm. Uh, next up we have Lord Steven Regal, or as I like to call him, Lord Bill Regal, with Jeeves versus... Das Wonderkin, Alex Wright. This is a fun match. Uh, both very European styles, you know. Um, a lot of European uppercuts, a lot of uh, Regal stretching people and uh, just pounding on them. Alex Wright, you know, flying around. He dives over the top rope. Uh, Bischoff says that Regal wrestled in the tar pits of India, which, A, I don't think is true, and B, if it is, why would you wrestle in a tar pit? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, Alex Wright uh, dives over the top rope onto Regal, and then they immediately cut to commercial. So, that was good. Uh, We get a promo from Glacier, (laughs) who's going to be debuting. Uh, Blood runs cold, everybody. So, Glacier's going to on his way. Story of the match was uh, Regal is awesome. Alex Wright was underrated, and Regal wins with a back bridge. And then he goes nuts in a promo or an interview, excuse me. That's the end, and uh, calls it. Regal calls him a miserable little toad. He gets angry and wants to fight everybody. Tired of these people who are coming in trying to start wars. He said, "Listen, I want." I want I want matches. I'll fight anybody. Which boy did they miss the boat on Regal? Both companies really did. Oh man. Ugh. Ugh. So underused. So, so underused. Pyramid passion. Indeed. So underused. The main event time. We got Scott Steiner and Sting both wearing neon green. Apparently they uh didn't talk to each other backstage. Both wearing neon green. Uh Scott Hall or uh, Scott Steiner at this time was uh, not as huge as he was going to be, but he was still a really, really big man. He was a big dude. And uh, Sting just keeps trying to knock him down. Steiner being Steiner, throwing suplexes and, you know, just beating on the Sting. Sting goes for a tombstone, hits a tombstone pile driver of all things. Uh, They end up on the outside, and uh, Luger decides. He's going to throw Scott Steiner back in the ring, which Rick Steiner was none too thrilled about this. So he starts chasing Luger. He gets in the ring, and they start fighting. Scott Steiner gets involved, and the match gets thrown out, and it turns into a pure sixer. Things in there, both Steiners, Luger, they're all fighting, which I I, oh, I would pay to see these guys as each other up for an hour every night. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Thing looks so good, man, compared to now. Yeah. Kind of yeah. sad. He was still kind in of shape, sad, actually. He was still in, still in shape. It was uh, fun. He was jumping around, yelling, screaming, doing his thing. Still had hair. Anyway, Scott Hall comes back out. 
and uh, he tells he Eric Bischoff, "You got a big mouth. We're sick of it." He's saying we. And Eric's like, "Who's we? Who's we?" He said, "You tell billionaire Ted to get three of his best guys because uh, we're taking over." There you have it. Raw. It just so happens, Buzz. Me, you, and Don make three. It's true. They could have taken all three of us. We'd have fought them. We'd have represented WCW real well. Billionaire Ted. Billionaire Ted. How about it? How about it? I like it. There you have it, everybody. Well, man, there's the first episode of the Hostile Takeover. I don't know what we're going to name the podcast, the the, the offshoot podcast, but uh, be looking for a poll. Maybe we'll do a Twitter poll. I don't know. If anyone's got suggestions, we're open to them. So throw but those I'll out there. Right now, uh, I want yeah. a war. I want a war. We're going to get it. Monday Night Wars. Follow us on Twitter, everybody, at Fuzz and Travis. That's Fuzz with three Z's. Uh, Facebook.com slash Fuzz and Travis. We post a bunch of goofy stuff on there. Uh, let's be a sign dot com and uh, hey yo. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.